If you would turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 4, we're going to look at one verse, Romans 4, verse 25. If you need a Bible, there should be some in the chairs and pews in front of you, and you can find Romans chapter 4, verse 25 on page 942 in that Bible. So why are we here tonight? Why do we call it Good Friday? Why? Why did Jesus have to be crucified and die? Well, Paul will tell us this in his letter to the church in Rome. In Romans 4, verse 25, this is one of those verses that contains more truth than we could perhaps study in an entire lifetime. And we're going to explore the, the truths of Romans 4:25 tonight and meditate on the crucifixion. And then please come back Sunday morning as we will marvel at the resurrection and also see what Paul says about that here in this verse. Looking at this one verse, the theologian Charles Hodge once said that these words are a comprehensive statement of the gospel. There it is, all in, in one verse there, all of the gospel. So hear now the reading of God's Word, Romans 4, verse 25. Jesus, our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Pray with me, please. Father, when we survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, we see a love so amazing, so divine. It demands our soul, our very lives, our all. Help us now to find comfort in the shadow of the cross. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Without the cross... There is no Christianity. Without the cross of Christ, there is no Christianity. At Christmas time, when we think of the incarnation of Christ, we think of it being the, the miracle of miracles that, that God would leave his throne above to become one of us. In a few days, when we think about the resurrection of Christ, we, we marvel at the power of God and the hope that was secured, a hope greater than anything we could ever imagine because Christ was raised from the dead. But tonight, we need to get to the very heart of the gospel, the very heart of the good news, the very heart of what Christianity is. It is about a cross, Christ crucified on the cross. The way that Paul will state this truth here in Romans 4, verse 25, is this. He says it, that Christ was delivered up for our trespasses. Delivered up for our trespasses. This was simply a way of Paul saying in another way that Christ was crucified on the cross for our sin. 
If the cross is the heart and the essence of Christianity, then we should expect it to be simple and and a matter of fact. And it is. The Bible states very clearly, it states this over and over and over, that Christ died for our sin. Christ died for our sin in accordance with the Scriptures. We find this truth over and over and over in the Bible. So that's it. That's the heart of the gospel. That's what Christianity is all about. Christ died on the cross for our sins. But is this just simple knowledge? Is it just a simple truth that we just state and we move on? No, we realize that it is, yes, a simple truth, but it contains more truth, more more profound knowledge than we could ever fully grasp. Because Christ dying on the cross demonstrated for us how deep, how wide, how far, how high is the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so tonight, I want us to simply think of this truth, that Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross for our sin. And this was the greatest expression of God's love for sinners that there ever was. God's love was magnified in a way that would never be magnified before like this, that when Christ died on the cross for our sins. So let's look at the two parts of this phrase here from Romans 4, 25 tonight. Let's look at the fact that he was delivered up and that he was delivered up for our trespasses. Paul simply says Jesus was delivered up. They're such simple words, but what do they mean? What did Paul mean when he say, said that Jesus was delivered up? He's not talking about delivering groceries, I assure you of that. What Paul is stating here is that Jesus Christ was handed over by Pontius Pilate to the, to the authorities, the religious authorities that was, to be crucified on a cross. And that happened because that same crowd that just a few days before that was shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, are now some of the same ones shouting, Crucify him. Crucify him. We read earlier in Luke's account that what exactly happened to Jesus when he was crucified and died, it was horrible. And it was sobering. Did you catch some of those parts of the story that They thought that's what they wanted. Be away, be done with this this heretic, this blasphemer. But when they saw what had actually happened, they went away beating their breast at the horrible tragedy that had occurred. The Bible talks about Jesus being delivered up in other ways. Have you ever thought about that very famous verse, John 3.16? It's a verse that many of us have known our whole lives. If you're not sure of it, just go turn on a sporting event. You'll see it somewhere. 
And it says very profoundly that God gave His one and only Son. Think about what that means. Think about what all that entails. It was more than God just said, here, here's a Christmas present, some new socks for you. No, God gave, that is, Christ was delivered up and crucified on the cross. It means what we're talking about tonight. Christ was crucified on a Roman cross. There are other places that speak of this truth. We find it all over the Bible. But perhaps the most graphic and illustrative place that we read about exactly what happened on the cross was not even in the New Testament. We find it in the Old Testament. It was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah. Listen to these words from Isaiah 53 that talk about the crucifixion of Christ thousands of years before it happened. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of his anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Or in the words of Jesus himself, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his Life as a ransom for many. Christ was delivered up. 
But why? Why did he have to die? Why did he have to be delivered up? Why did it have to be this way? Well, the next phrase tells us, Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses. For our trespasses. The Bible says, when the Bible says for our trespasses, it's talking about our, our missteps, our, our faults, our unjust ways. It, it means all the ways that you could possibly think of that would explain our sin against God. Our trespasses is our sins. Jesus was delivered up for our sin. Or if some or some of us learned as soon as we could put sentences together, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Paul summarizes the cross of Christ in the most simple yet profound way imaginable. Jesus was delivered up. He was killed. He was sacrificed for our sins. This simple and yet profound truth teaches us something very important, something we need to meditate on and think about tonight. Forgiveness is not cheap. Forgiveness is not cheap. Forgiveness is costly. And the reason that forgiveness is so costly is because God is holy and just, and he must act according to his character as a holy and just God. He, he must do what is right, and therefore sin must be punished. Evil shall be judged. Our sin was that bad. The wrath and curse of God is that real. That Christ had to be crucified tonight. And so what we need to think about tonight, what we need to remember on this Good Friday, is that Jesus took our place on the cross. It should have been us. It should have been us dying for our sin. But that would have not been sufficient. Our death can't atone for our sin. Only Christ's death can. And so God's amazing love is demonstrated for us. Paul says this in later, the next chapter in Romans 5, that God demonstrates his own love, that, that while we were still sinners, while we were still dead in our sin, Christ died for us. God was and is able to forgive our sin, not by overlooking it and saying, that's okay, don't worry about it. He dealt with our sin. He punished sin. And the way that he did it was by punishing our sin in the person and work of Christ. God gave his one and only son it was him instead of us. The late James Montgomery Boy said it this way, this is the very heart of God. This is the very heart of God forgiving, but at a tremendous cost 
his one and only son. Brothers and sisters, believe tonight. Believe and know that God has demonstrated his love for us by sending his one and only son to be delivered up for our trespasses. Christ died for us. If you're doubting, if you're unsure, if you even feel lonely and unloved, look at what Christ has done on the cross for us. Know how deep the Father's love for us is that in Christ Jesus, our sin has been forgiven. Christ died on the cross so that we might be saved. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Let's pray and prepare for the supper. Oh, the wonderful, wonderful cross. Love so amazing, so divine. Lord, help us to see the cross as the very heart of your love for us. Lord, capture our will and our affections with this wonderful truth. Prepare us now for remembering what Christ has done through this means of grace, through the supper. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.